what makes the good life the good life. This podcast is on a mission to find out. Join us as we explore the hidden gems of rural life, the growing entrepreneurial opportunities, and share some of the most interesting stories you may not have heard. Venture to all four corners of York County as we chat with some of the best people the heartland has to offer. Because when it comes to quality of life, it's all about keeping it local. Brought to you by the York County Development Corporation, this is 17 County. Today, I am joined by Dade McDonald. Uh, Dade is the current principal of McCool Public Schools, K-12, um, and has been in this role since 2012. Um, he has been in the coaching girls basketball um, for the last few years. This is his first year. He decided to um, release the reins for that, and so we'll learn a little bit more about that um, through this podcast. Um, but Dade is a graduate of Bertrand High School in Bertrand, Nebraska. Um, he received his teaching certificate uh, from Doan College in 2003. Um, I'm very excited for this conversation. I am very fascinated um, just to learn a little bit more about the McCool public school system um, and then learn a little bit more about Dade and his journey uh, that brought him to McCool and what he's kind of accomplished in the last um, you know, six years here. And so thank you for coming on to my show, Dade. You bet. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Perfect. So um, talk to me a little bit about your journey here to McCool. Um, you know, talk to me a little bit about your first teaching job and then, you know, your journey um, to McCool Junction here. Okay. Yeah. I, I grew up in a small town in Nebraska. I've lived in Nebraska my whole life. Uh, my dad was a school superintendent. Um, so we lived in Roseland, Nebraska for seven years and then we moved to Bertrand where I graduated from. And so I've been, I've been in a small town most of my life and then went to college at Doan again, pretty small. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, I got a teaching job at Conestoga, which is um, by Murray, Nebraska. Right. It's a consolidation right. there. Um, my wife was still in school at the time. Murray's so, just south of Omaha there, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, south of Plattsmouth. Yeah. Right, yep. yep. Um, she was still in school at the time at Doan and doing her uh, student teaching in Lincoln, so we lived in Lincoln, and I drove every day to, uh, to school there. And then the year after that, she took a job out in Kearney at Kearney Catholic, um, teaching middle school, and so I... Um, looked for a job kind of close to that area, and I ended up teaching at Axtell, another small small school. We lived in Kearney, but I, I drove every day to Axtell. Did you guys meet at Doan? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife's from Grand Island. She went to Central Catholic okay. in Grand Island originally. Um, so, yeah, I went to, went to Axtell and, and, and loved it, and then we were um, kind of looking to maybe make a, a change a little bit. My, mm-hmm. A good friend of mine had a position open at a school in, in Elkhorn, um, public schools and my wife applied for that and got that job and so I was kind of looking actually for a little bit <laughs> and um, Mount Michael Benedictine School which is outside Alcorn had a job come open late and so I ended up uh, teaching there for a year teaching world uh, world cultures and, and a couple of math classes for them and then uh, the next year we were planning to have our second child and so uh, salary and insurance kind of dictated that I that I um, looked for a different job, and I ended up teaching at Millard West and coaching mm-hmm. basketball there um, for a year. And then I, at that time, I had started my um, principalship, my educational leadership classes, and I, I met a gal in that class as a math teacher in, in Elkhorn, and uh, they had some positions come open, so I applied for the job there and, and got that. And it was kind of nice to be on the same schedule with my wife and our, our oldest son, was starting school, so it was just nice to be kind of on the same schedule. So I taught at 
Elkhorn High for three years, and then Elkhorn South opened, and I taught at Elkhorn South for half the day, and Elkhorn High the second half of the day that last year. And then uh, during that time, I was finished. I had finished up my uh, ed leadership stuff, and so I had applied and interviewed for a handful of jobs, kind of looking for the looking for the right fit, so to speak. And so um, looked around. You know, we were kind of looking small. We had a, a classmate at Doan, Nikki White, who's mm-hmm. from McCool originally. Um, just knew a little bit from from what she had said, and we had some friends in the in the York area that applied for the job, and was was lucky enough and blessed enough that they were interested in me and and were looking for the things that I brought to the table you know sometimes I kind of wonder why but that's <laughs> you know it's kind of funny how things like that work out right and right. uh ended up here I you know it's uh it's been a blessing I, I like I said grew up in a small town growing up and so I'm familiar with kind of small town living it was kind of something we were maybe mm-hmm. looking for 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 our children as, as as well and so my wife had to make a little adjustment but she's really has really loved Living in McCool. So. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, yep. Does she still teach or anything like that? Told her she actually taught fourth grade at Milford for a year, and she's now our she's been our second grade teacher here for the last. This is her seventh year here teaching, okay. teaching second grade, and then this Christmas will be um, six years. We built a house here in town um, six years ago. We've been in it. Wow, that's six awesome. Years. Yeah, so that's really exciting. Yeah, yeah. it's quite the journey. Um, you've kind of made your way through both big schools mm-hmm. and smaller schools and so kind of talk to me a little bit about the differences of being in a you know a, a larger school versus smaller school and maybe kind of the the benefits you see of being in a, a smaller school yeah absolutely I you know I, I think that sometimes in education we get so and sometimes it's kind of dictated how we do with state testing now mm-hmm. and all those right. sort of things we want to compare good versus and it, you know I and um, our superintendent, Dr. Cox, will hear always talks about not better than, but different. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just it's mm-hmm. a different different experience. You know, working in a in a larger school district, the ability to um, offer a wide range of of different things because you have larger population, you have a chance to you know we world languages at Elkhorn we offered a Japanese class and we offered you know German or there mm-hmm. was just there was different Much more diversity yeah. yeah whereas you know here it's not to say that we don't offer a lot of different things because we have we have ag and we we go out and we look for opportunities for our kids if a kid mm-hmm. came to us and said hey I'm really interested in this or we have two or three that say hey can we look at you know we really try to do our best to go out and 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 find different things I also think too um, sometimes in a in a larger school system you know although I didn't really experience it too much at at, uh, at Millard or at, at Elkhorn but you know you get the 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 ratio of students to teachers sometimes can get pretty pretty drastic, pretty, yeah, yeah. pretty drastic. and so sometimes the relationships but I, I think that comes back to your to your staff as well mm-hmm. I mean I would contend um, at Elkhorn High, when I was teaching there, that you know, every kid that I knew or you know interacted with had somebody in the building that really cared about them, and I, I would say that that's very true here. I think our, I, I hope, I, you know, our students um, have a relationship with at least one adult in the building that mm-hmm. they know that they can go to and talk to about 
um, issues or concerns, and not not necessarily just the teachers, but you know your your whole staff, your your secretaries, your custodians, your kitchen staff, uh, your paraeducators, your bus drivers. I mean, I, I think that relationships with with kids is is really the is the the main thing. And I've seen that work great at a large school and a small school, but um, you know I think things that we do really well here. Um, you know, we, we talk about the Mustang family. It's kind of our, mm-hmm. our motto. And uh, we really, you know, we have difficult conversations with our kids when they, when things aren't, aren't going well. One thing that I think is really unique that we do on Fridays, every Friday at lunchtime, we have assemblies with our junior high and high school kids. We get them all together and we kind of talk about okay. things that are going well and some, and some concerns that, you know, that, some, a lot of times those are concerns that kids bring to us and say, hey, we want you to... We're noticing this. Yeah, we're noticing know. this. We just wanted to, you know, we wanted to get on the on the right track, which is, is real positive, you know. Like I said, we talk about the positive things, but at the same time, if you share enough positives, I think it makes makes it easier to have those conversations with that are, that are challenging sometimes with kids. And I think, you know, trying to do that in a larger school, that would be... <laughs> it'd be right. It'd be a big challenge to get a thousand kids to to sit there and 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 get the message. So yeah, it sounds like I mean, you know, with being in a smaller school, you have those limited resources. But with those limited resources, you're able to be more creative. And with that mm-hmm. creativity comes with more relationship-driven things. And yeah. um, I think that's really cool. You know, so that's something that I benefited from. You know, growing up mm-hmm. um, in the in the in the community. So I think that's something really cool that you know that, that goes on here. Where did the desire to become a teacher, I guess, kind of come from? You know, you had mentioned that um, your father was a superintendent. Mm-hmm. Um, was was um, did you always know that you kind of wanted to be a teacher, or you know, how did that kind of passion kind of grow um, over the years? Well, when I got into high school, I I played three sports in high school: uh, football, basketball, and track. And when you Really, I really had a passion for basketball, but once you, you know, you realize your height only <laughs> is going to go so far, um, you know, it's just kind of the desire of knowing that that was probably not something I was going to continue on mm-hmm. in my athletic career, probably much past high school. Um, just the idea to be able to influence, you know, a game that you still love and, and care a lot about. And so coaching was kind of the... The initial my dad was a was a coach for a number of years when he was teaching and, and coach when he was a principal and superintendent as well my mom was also a teacher she taught business mm-hmm. um and kind of you know when when girl sports became sanctioned and took off she was she had taught some pe and, and had done some coaching as well kind of at, at the groundwork of that and so i mean it was just something that i was always Always around. I mean, I can remember going to my dad coached girls basketball for a number of years out at Wheatland High School out in Madrid, Nebraska. I can remember going to practice, you know, in, in Madrid with with my dad after school mm-hmm. and you know, staying late, yeah, and, and yeah, stuff like that. And so yeah. that was probably the the biggest influence. And then you know, I taught math for for nine years at all those those different places, and uh, my math was just something that kind of came natural to me growing mm-hmm. up. Um, and so that was kind of the, I knew I was going to, knew I was going to teach math. I, you know, it was probably about halfway through my, my high school days where I kind of knew that that was kind of the, the path I was going to go down. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother's a superintendent, he's superintendent Aurora. Okay. Um, his wife teaches special ed there. Okay. And then my 
brother-in-law, my sister's husband, he teaches uh, business at uh, Lincoln East. So teaching is in the family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it really runs through everyone. Yes, yeah. That's, yeah. that's exciting, though. I mean, um, makes for interesting conversation when you're sitting around uh, yeah, it's, with a it's, bunch of teachers. It's, and, uh, you know, you get the uh, my parents who have kind of, they've been retired now for about 13 years, but kind of the from where they started to where mm-hmm. it's at to where they kind of ended to kind of what the issues that were dealing I'm sure, with. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I hate to use the word dealing with, but the, you know, the issues that, through, that, yeah, that yeah. come up mm-hmm. and, you know, a lot of, a lot of times it sounds like it's just kind of a different slant a little bit on of the same. Of, there's been so many different changes that have taken place over the course of time that, you know, everyone's, it's that idea of, constantly trying to improve things and sometimes you know you make it better for some and don't make it better Mm -hmm. for others and so i mean having that history to call upon just you know just being able to talk to your father about you know did you have this issue even when you were during your time i mean that's kind of gotta be kind of great and kind of very fortunate i guess for your whole situation so you talked about a little bit um about coaching so talk to a little bit more about um, your journey through coaching. Oh, you just recently kind of gave that up. So mm-hmm. talk a little bit about um, releasing the reins and you know, kind of maybe how hard that was for you and everything like that. Yeah, absolutely. I, my first teaching job, I was assistant boys basketball coach at Conestoga um, for that year. And then when we went to Axtell, I, I was the head golf coach and the head girls basketball coach there for two years, um, which is a great, a great experience. Um, and then we moved to Elkhorn. I didn't coach at Mount Michael, and then when I went to Miller West, I didn't think I was going to be coaching, and they actually added a position. It's kind of interesting how they do it at a, at a larger school. It's um, like a school district like Miller with the three high schools. They kind of have to make that decision that they're going to do it at every one. Well, they decided to add it. A, I think it was an assistant position. I think it was both boys and girls at every school, and that came up. I think it was like... September and so I had to apply for that role at Millard West and I was fortunate enough to to get it there so I coached sophomore boys and I helped with JV and helped with varsity as well um, there and then when I went to Elkhorn High um, it was just one school at that time and they were they had already decided that they were going to split into two class B high schools in the future but we were um, A when I got there but they didn't have any coaching positions available because they were kind of all filled well when we split that opened up opened up some positions there so I was assistant boys basketball and assistant golf um at Elkhorn which was it was again a great great experience there and then when we came here um idea was just going to be my principal wasn't gonna you know there's always the there's always in a small school things come up um, I did end up that first year. I ended up doing junior high girls basketball um, that first season, and then the next year I was the assistant high school and did junior high girls, and then football for a couple years because we mm-hmm. um, needed somebody, and then we hired a new PE teacher, and he took it over for a couple years, and then we were low on numbers, so we co-hopped for a year with. Oh with uh, Heartland Mm -hmm. and so then we had somebody from the community that did it because they had to do it after school and then last year they brought it back we had enough boys that we were going to do six man and the guy that was in the community it wasn't going to work out to do it during the day so I ended up doing that again Mm -hmm. and then this last year we hired a a middle school social studies teacher and he ended up doing it and so um, but on the high school girls end um, 
my assistant Alyssa Van Weston is is gonna take over this season and and hopefully into the foreseeable future. But I I taught and coached Alyssa at Axdell, kind of a small world. <laughs> um, but she we hired her five years ago to teach fifth grade for us, mm-hmm. and she's been my assistant ever since. And it was that was kind of the the plan all along. I didn't actually know how many years I planned on on doing it, but that was kind of the so when you hired her on, you knew yeah, the yeah. end game was, you know, this is yeah. who I want to pass it yeah. over to. Okay. And so, I mean, that that obviously made made the decision a little bit. And then the timing was, right. we Perfect. had a, uh, a group of seniors last year um, that when they first came in, yeah, the first year that they, when they were fresh, we were like 1 in 21, and we just kind of slowly, steadily improved and got better. And, those, and our numbers kept increasing every year the last – I think the last three years we had 20, yeah, 20, at least 20 girls out for basketball. And I think they, I think this year. What's the enrollment of McCool again? It's like. We have about 265, I want to say, K 12. Okay. And so there's, yeah, there's, there's 20 girls out again this year. We didn't have any juniors on our team last year, but we have two or three of them that decided to go out this year as seniors. Out for basketball, which is which is great, but it was it was kind of a that was kind of the easy easy transition, and we do have we do have some good numbers in our our junior high coming forward in the coming years that you know they'll we'll continue to have a lot of girls out, and our our um, talent level is going to continue to rise there. So I I see some great things for our our girls basketball program in the future. There's it's it's looking pretty bright. So. No, that's exciting. Yeah. Um, you do some other coaching uh, outside with Nebraska Select, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Um, so maybe talk a little bit about how you kind of got – because you – last year was your first year, right, I believe? Two years ago. Two years ago yeah. was your first year. Yeah. And so uh, talk to me a little bit how you got involved with that and then, um, um, you know, what's kind of like, you know, being a coach and, you know, um, you know, coaching all these you know other students from other different schools and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And then the other, I still I have I have two sons that are in fourth and sixth grade. Okay. And I have coached our youth boys program for seven years now. I've mm-hmm. done both age groups there, and I continue to continue to do that. And that was kind of another reason why I wanted to kind of pull back. I was coaching four teams in the winter. Right to keep all that track. Yeah, yeah. it was it was it was getting to be. It was just getting to be a lot, and I really mm-hmm. wanted yeah, focus on focus in on yeah. my on my boys and 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 their program. Because Owen's on that team, right? Owen is a is a junior. He plays mm-hmm. Nebraska that mm-hmm. Nebraska Select, and he it's kind of funny how that started. He he tried out for CMBA, which is a group out of Aurora, um, and that group of boys has played together sixth, seventh, and eighth grade well. The two guys that had coached them in sixth, seventh, and eighth, and he, they coached them in fifth grade, Mike Herzberg and Rick Bell. They're both from Aurora. Well, when those guys got up to be freshmen, and so they had just done it for so long, mm-hmm. they had come to me and said, hey, would you mind kind of jumping in here and, and we'll we'll still help you out and whatnot. But right, we just right. kind of want to transition, yeah, phase be, out. Be, yeah, be, be on a, on, in the backseat just a little bit, which, mm-hmm. you know, still there, but... Um, so yeah, we, we did that as, as freshmen and a lot of those guys that have played on those Nebraska black teams with, with my son Owen have, have played, they played basketball together in the summer for five, Mm -hmm. six years. And so it's, it's a pretty, it's pretty laid back. I mean, there's some, 
summer basketball, I think, has gotten more and more interesting with all of the recruiting and all of the. Mm-hmm. Um, but the nice thing that I, I like about the group that that we have playing together with that is they're that's not really the emphasis. They you know they just want to get together and they enjoy being around each other and mm-hmm. it's been a great um, great thing to do in the summer. We. You know, we travel also to Minneapolis. As I say, yeah, we're down to Lawrence, Kansas. Um, went out to Denver. We've been to Wichita. Um, we play all over Midwest. Yeah, yeah, we play about three or four tournaments in the summer, and we have a handful of practices, and it's it's pretty. It's just over the summer. It looks yeah. Like, it looked like I was looking online four weeks that you guys yeah. do over the yeah. summer. Yeah, we usually do one in the spring, or we try to, but so many of our kids participate in track and are pretty good at track, right. so it, it makes it hard to, yep. to pull them out of that. But if your kid, oh, that's the other side of it, too. They really have to love because it can become, and then the other, you know, it can become a bit of a grind, and the other thing you have to decide is how how much you want to do. there. I mean, there mm-hmm. are programs out there that, on the high school level and even on the little kid level, they'll play almost every weekend over the April to oh, July. Oh, man. You know, they'll play 10, 12 tournaments. You know, and I don't know if that's good or bad. How many, for, how many games are you playing in a tournament? Are you playing just um, like one or two or is it like the ones that five? we The ones that we play in are, are regulated. You can only, I think you can play two, three, one. I think the most you can play is six. Six games. Or maybe it's two, two, and two. But you, they have a limit on the number of games you can play on a on a, on a specific day, mm-hmm. um, depending on what time the, the right. game start. But I think the most that we've ever played in a weekend has been, I don't want to say six. You get to decide what you want to do. And then I, I think the other side of it, too, is you got to decide, you know, and programs have to decide that, too, where your kids are at and... I mean, it, it doesn't do you any good to go and get your head beat in. Going to these camps where you're every, just gonna every be, yeah, single weekend, outgunned where, yeah, every weekend. Yeah. yeah. So I think you got to decide what you what you want to do, and I think you just have to be realistic with where your kid is at and what you want them to do going going forward. I mean, for my oldest, that's played with with Nebraska Select for the last two summers. Owen, you know, he's five nine. Five foot ten, mm-hmm. you know. If he was six foot two with his with his speed and his and his ability, it'd be a different conversation. But mm-hmm. the reality of it is, and we've talked to him about it, is, you know, you may be lucky to play small college basketball, right. and it might be and it might be a grind every day to just compete to even have a chance to play there, just because of and then, you know. It's a real, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you just sometimes have to be. And you sometimes be real. it's, yeah. yeah. I had that own com- my conversation with my parents, had that conversation with me, but, uh, you know, it's when that finally sinks in of, you know, this is where it's at, mm-hmm. you know, you start to realize, okay, that's, you know, it's not to say that that's a, a, a terrible thing, but sometimes you just got to understand, okay, here's here's what I can do, here's what I can't do, you know, how hard am I willing to work to keep this going? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, that nice breast select sounds like a, a great little program. Um, Drew Danielson is a, mm-hmm. one of the team directors. Um, he was a classmate of mine. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, he played basketball at Hastings. He coaches at Cozad now. Yeah. And so um, it's been fantastic to follow him through that. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, you know, his involvement with everything like that. So yeah. that's been really great. Um 
so six man football here in um, Cool Junction, um, it hasn't been a long time been nope. around, but nope. um, you've had quite the success in the in the two years. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the journey to six man football. So the years leading up, talk a little bit about this year and you know, how everything kind of went. Yeah, so the two years now. This is our second year. We just completed our second season of it. Um, we were eight man. Um, leading up to that, the two seasons prior to us looking at six man, I want to say we started both years with about seventeen or eighteen boys, which is, you know, you're kind of on the, the line of yeah of having enough boys for you're gonna say well eight kids and you got ten on the sideline. Well, both those seasons we ended. I think that one year we ended with twelve, and then the last year that we played eight man, we ended with we. We made it to the playoffs, and we took eleven kids, eleven yes. healthy kids, up to our our playoff game, and so it was just one of those deals where you know keep having kids be interested in. We knew that we were going to be close to the number to be eligible to play six man, um, and so uh, talked with our coaches. Um, they kind of actually initiated the conversation just a little bit with that. Um, coaches talked with the kids. We kind of, you know, heard their voices and kind of what they were saying. And then we had a, a meeting for, for parents where we had the coaches talk. Um, we had the kids there. We let the, the community members and the parents talk about, you know, kind of what they were feeling. I guess my my two cents on, on it that whole time was it's still football. I think sometimes mm -hmm. you, you take two less people. Off the field, you start thinking, well, some really isn't still, still blocking and tackling. It's still, still there's still, yeah, there's still, still there's, there's still strategy. It's still, um, and the other side of it that we was there some pushback then for the transition. I mean, there was, was there everyone kind of open. I'm sure every you know with every decision, there's going to be pushback. Yeah. But I mean, was it a, just kind of a small pocket, or was there some convincing that had to be done? I, I mean, maybe just a little bit. I mean, there was questions. There was, um, we do uncertainty have. Uncertainty. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, you know, I think some, maybe some of the uncertainty on the question never was brought up, but of, you know, you start going to six man or we start talking about never having football again. You know, what are we. When does this conversation yes, stop? Yeah. Yeah. You know, are we going to looking at co-oping? Are we going to, you know, those different things? And that wasn't wasn't talked about a ton from what I remember, but just some questions about, you know, do our, do we think our kids can compete at the six man level? Well, we answered that in the last couple of years. <laughs> We've competed very well. Um, but that was, you know, I, just like anything else, when you got a kid on the team, you want to see him out on the field, mm -hmm. uh, especially mm -hmm. at a, a school our size. But what's been nice is um, our numbers. We had, we started last year with 19 who ended the year with with 17 healthy bodies and then this year we started with um 16 and we ended with 16 so um you know we've got a, a good number of boys out i can tell you we're going to stay six man for the next couple of years we've, mm -hmm. we've already made that determination because we'll still be eligible but our you know, we're, I'm thinking in... What's your eligibility? What, what kind of... What thresholds do you need to stay under? So you, you have to submit a three-year count every year in September of your sophomores, juniors, and senior boy enrollment. Mm -hmm. And the number right now is 27. I know there's some talk out there of moving that number up to maybe 35 or 36. So 
27 is the number. Well, what 27 does for you in that first year, if you can hit that, is it makes you eligible for the next, because they go in two-year cycles. Well, then the next two-year cycles, you're grandfathered in because you hit that. Okay. So if you were to, like, miss the threshold next year, you could still, still, yeah, because of the grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, what's interesting these last, you know, three, four years, we've we've been pretty girl-heavy. We've had a large girl Mm -hmm. count and not a huge boy count, and that was one one of the things that was contributing to the... The lack of numbers. We also offer cross country, so we do have so we do have some there. boys mm-hmm. that that go out for. I, I think we had eleven or twelve. You know, we've always had a pretty good yeah, cross yeah. country program. We've had, a, yeah. we've had a very strong program, and so and it, as people that aren't from around here that ask me that question, you know, do you have boys running cross country? I say no. The boys that are running cross country. A majority of them, almost ninety five percent of them, are. Distance runners. I mean, mm-hmm. they're 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 cross country. That's what they do and in track. Yeah, yeah. Track and, and I'm not sure if we didn't have cross country, if they would, maybe we might get a couple out for football. How many but of I those? Don't. Yeah, yeah. And so it's been it's been a good, it's been a good relationship there. Balance. I don't you know. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. no no so, animosity. I'm yeah. Sure, yeah, between that. Yeah. So, but no, we've we've had we've had good success the last couple of years. Um, two seasons ago, we were. We finished eight and two. Um, the eventual champion Wilcox Hildreth. We actually had them down in the first half, thirty to two, at one point, and we had kind of a, a key injury to one of our our seniors. And then the they scored a couple times. They went to a hurry up offense, and the the we just couldn't stop the snowball. Momentum got on their side, and we ended up. I think it was like seventy to fifty eight. It was kind of a wild back and forth game. It was a kind of classic six man football yep, game. Yeah. And then this last season, we were we ended up eleven one. We we got state runner up to a really good Harvard team, um, but it was it was a fun season for um, all of our kids. I mean, it was just we had we had some games where the score was really in our favor, and so it's really hard to play JV six man football <laughs> games just because of numbers of and right, towns right. close enough to do it. So we were able to get every kid out there for a number of snaps and and so i i looked you know the future is going to be is only going to continue to get better because we were able to get so many kids out on the this last season do you think with this success you're going to have more kids come out and that may bump you back up i think well our our count in a couple years is going to be we're going to you got some elementary well we've got some elementary classes that are pretty boy heavy now And our Pendulum girl, our girl count is going to go, yeah, <laughs> it's going to go down. Our seventh grade class right now is, I think there's 15 boys or 14 boys in it and eight girls. So, okay. you know, when they're, when they're freshmen, you know, we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to take a, a strong look at that okay. because, well, our boy number will be up. So I, I mean, I foresee us probably going back Right, with to, 14, you're probably going to be, I yeah. mean, because you said 27 between sophomores juniors and seniors so yeah we have a large number participating in those activities so i know that we're going to have kids continue to go out and stay out for activities which is kind of what we hang our hat on around no yeah you want to have you know that that 90 percent involvement rate or whatever you want to shoot for it yeah yeah um talk to me a little bit about the you know new york times article it's not every not every day you get a new york (laughs) times uh, article written um, in a small community. No, it, it happened really. I'm trying to think when she um, 
Callie Kessler is the is the young lady that wrote the and she's from Nebraska originally. Mm-hmm. What she I got an email one day and it was kind of telling me her credentials and who she was and I thought it said York News Times on it originally <laughs> and so I kind of thought I was like why are you telling me all this and, you know she was telling me I'm from Nebraska originally and I'm proud Cornhusker and I was like well we kind of all are yeah <laughs> the York News Times we all and then I it. and then I reread it and it said New York Times I thought oh well and so. Um, yeah, she reached out. The New York Times was kind of doing a, I can't remember, it was a six or seven or eight piece article on the decline of football or the state of football in America and kind of in the world a little bit. And so um, she got in touch with her one of her professors from UNL and was kind of asking about, she wanted to do a story on six-man football and she was kind of trying to find out who was maybe going to have some success and she just happened to pick us and wow, that's yeah. really kind of how how that all and she like I said she contacted me I want to say it was in September maybe the end of August um, and she was planning to come out to a game in October but it was um, like we were going to play Lewiston and they had had some injuries and they didn't have a lot going out so we didn't know if we were actually going to have the game at the time and so um, we were kind of thinking we were probably going to make push the playoffs. Yeah. And so she came out and... and uh, she made it to a game, right? Yeah, she came out and, and to our, our first round playoff game with Crawford and took pictures and um, was here for... Showed up on Thursday, took in our pep rally, you know, kind of walked around, talked to some some different people, and same thing on Friday was here. We played an afternoon on, on that yep, day, yep, but... Yep. And then... It's like a 2 p.m. game, yeah. Yeah, and we like uh, and then we just kind of had some email correspondence after that to just kind of clear up any questions or any facts that she wanted. To... That's some great exposure, though. It no, it was yeah, it was, <laughs> it's really really neat, pretty humbling um, to get to tell your story, kind of on a mm-hmm. a national level. She actually sent us a box of the sports edition so that we could oh. give out to our awesome. our our players and whatnot, and we're well, we were just very grateful to. To her and to whoever else, gonna have to that, hang a couple of those around here. That made, yeah. yeah, that 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 made it happen. But uh, yeah, it was it was it was really neat. I mean, I've had some people come up and say, did, you know, did you contact? I said, well, if I had contacted them, they would probably laughed in my face. And so <laughs> they, no, it was just kind of weird how that all how that all worked out. And uh, it was it was a it was a good experience. It was it was great for our kids to get to tell their story about right, you know yeah. going to school here and, and playing football and so talk a little bit about you know kind of what it's like these last eight years you know living in you know you grew up in a rural but then you kind of spent some time in a metro mm-hmm. you know what's it like you know uh, professionally now being back in a in a rural area and you know how's that kind of um you know how's that just kind of transition been you know well you know, spent spending seven years in a metro and then coming to a rural. Yeah, population. no, it's it's been it's been great. I mean, I you know, growing up with a a dad as an administrator, that's always kind of one of the jokes I tell around here and to our staff is you know my dad's best friend on our staff was our custodian, <laughs> um, in at Silver Lake and uh, just getting to know. You know the people and you know when you work in a school our size, it's really they're all our kids Mm -hmm. and so the relationships that our that our teachers and our staff and everybody has it's all it's all guided towards the betterment of our our students and not just in the classroom but making them better people and making them understand that 
service to the community and service to um, you know the greater good is is really what it's about. And it's not to say that that doesn't happen in mm-hmm. in the metro setting, but when you know you've got a smaller population, you're either going to take care of your town or you're not. Right. Right. And so. Um, getting kids to understand. We talk a lot about, you know, whether they leave here and go somewhere else or if they come back serving on their school board, serving on doing things like that to stay engaged and involved in the in the community because when you have that kind of buy-in, you know, the the caring is there mm-hmm. then. I mean, you just, it's almost like you have to type of situation where it's pretty easy to say, well, I'm, I'm not involved in that. Who, who cares about that? When you get yourself involved and you... And you do different things like that. It's you know your your care level goes up without you really even kind of knowing about it. And so that's probably been the biggest part that I enjoy here. And then I you know the other part of it too, just the the people that live in the community, the farmers and the business owners and the people that have lived here their whole life. How proud they are of of their town and of their mm-hmm. of their school. No, that's that's really great. And that's kind of like what I like to you know kind of hear is that. Um, people coming back or wanting it, wanting to come back because for those relationships and yep. you're not saying you can't, like you said, you don't, not, it's not like those relationships don't exist. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes, you know, maybe in a smaller community, um, they can be a little bit more impactful and everything yeah. like that. So yeah. no, that, that, that's great to hear. Um, so we'll jump into our rapid fire questions. I have some little rapid fire questions that I right. like to do to round out the interview. And so, um, we'll, we'll jump right in. Um, favorite restaurant in York County. Is there La, a- La Cocina. And I know Carrie's <laughs> is going to say, oh, man, but that's, I don't know if it's mine, but that's my boys. That's their their go-to is we go to La Cocina. Got to so. get those chips in yes, and yeah, everything yes. in. Yeah. Um, so we'll kind of go off that. Favorite meal in York County? Uh, Favorite meal in York County? I would say the Junction Burger at Carrie's is, is probably is pretty hard to beat. Yeah. that yeah, I'm a big fan of Carrie's. Uh, I was down here a couple weeks ago, and they were just cutting off prime ribs and those things had to be almost mm-hmm. inch and a half or more and so that that was great um a favorite memory in york county is there is there a memory that stands out that you'd like to share oh i mean obviously son playing the state championship game a couple weeks ago was pretty was pretty cool i mean as a dad side of it um you know and also just to see the our, our the number of people in the stands mm-hmm. That we had there supporting our kids was was pretty cool. I'm sure you had quite so the turnout. We did. Uh, it was it was it was it was pretty unbelievable. City of McCool was closed. Yeah, you know, pretty type, pretty type pretty much. <laughs> it was there was there was a lot of people there and a lot of alumni came back too. So that's awesome. Um, is there a, a favorite county or local event that you always look forward to every year, whether it be like a maybe Bradshaw days if you go over to that or um, we, have our, we have our we have our. Mustang Roundup here in, mm-hmm. in September, and that's always. I mean, I'm a little, obviously a little biased, but in, in the regards to that, but our our parade. I mean, I always laugh. Our kids come home with enough candy, we could hand it out at Halloween and, and have plenty left over. So that I mean, it's it's kind of a it's a neat celebration for our and that's our a community, community event yeah. with like a and that's we do around like we, alumni. We do and a stuff parade, like our alumni banquet and mm-hmm. and whatnot. But there's a parade and they have other activities going on they have a kids movie on the wall like a friday and, saturday sunday yeah it too, starts right? friday night and then pretty much all day saturday and then sunday there's there's a handful of activities they have a community church um session as well i mean it's just kind of a 
kind of a fun small town deal. That's, right. Yeah. yeah. Those community celebrations are really, I think, unique because you don't, I mean, you don't get those in Lincoln or Omaha or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. So yeah. that's really cool. If you could play a round of golf with any one person, who would that one person be? Oh, man. And Mark Cohota, but your physical therapy is a good friend of mine. That's who I usually golf with. Uh, I'd probably say my dad. Yeah. That's, he's getting, he'll, he'll be 75 this coming May, so I don't know how many rounds of golf wow. I got left with him. So that'd probably be, probably be it. That's good, yeah. Uh, another one off that. If you could have dinner with any three people in history, who would those three people be? Oh, I can remember answering that question when I was in high school. It's, <laughs> um Martin Luther King Jr. would be one. He and I share a birthday, so I've always kind of had a, a connection with him. Man, probably Tom Osborne yeah. would be another one. I'll go with these easy. It sounds corny, but I'd, I'd probably say Jesus. I mean, that'd be just, you know, an interesting I'd raise in a family who went to, went to church. And that would be an still, interesting still conversation. Just, uh, yeah, yeah, just different perspective on on whatnot so no doubt awesome well perfect that's that's kind of all i have for you so thank you for taking uh the time out of your day to kind of sit down with me it's been uh, a pleasure to learn a little bit more about you and a little bit more about you know what's going on here in the mccool community so um i'll give you a, you know if you have anything that you want to sign off with i'll let you kind of pitch anything you have and we'll kind no of- it's I, I appreciate it and I, I think it's cool that you know you guys are are doing this sort of thing, talking to different people. And I'm, I'm very appreciative that you gave me the, the time. Um, yeah, I know we're, I, I think we're doing great things here at our, at McCool Junction School as well as, you know, I hear a lot of great things about other schools in our county mm-hmm. as well. And I think there's a lot of opportunities for, for young people. We say the pledge every day here at school and then we, we always end it with, it's, it's a great day to be a Mustang. We always say that right mm-hmm. afterwards. And it's kind of funny when we, we have our Veterans Day program. Our our first graders do the pledge, and about they practice like two weeks before that. Not saying it's a great day to be a Mustang, but we still it always probably every year we have about three or four kids, and so that that always makes. But it's it's kind of a, a fun a fun phrase that that we have. So it's it's a great day to be a Mustang. So thank you for having me. Awesome. Well, yeah. Thank you. This is Seventeen County. A new podcast brought to you by the York County Development Corporation in Nebraska. For more information about life and opportunity in the heartland, visit yorkdevco.com. Come grow with us. And if you liked this episode, be sure to rate and review 17 County on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen.